Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Michael Diaz joins the show today, and Michael is a business owner, an entrepreneur, a professional paintball player, and just an overall creative, enthusiastic, passionate human being. And in this conversation, we discuss death, the fragility of life, finding and going after your passion and purpose, and we deeply talk about the importance of men's mental health. This episode is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company and I use their products daily. So click the link in the show notes and use the code everybody at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now on to episode 147 of Something for Everybody with Michael Diaz. Hello and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashvitz. Michael. I'm Michael Diaz. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. Just met you like, you know, 10 minutes ago, yeah, yeah. which is the beauty of this podcast. But we follow each other on social media, and so I figured we could have a nice conversation about, I think we're going to explore a bunch of different topics today, including, you know, creativity, mental health, paintball, um, clothing labels, things like that. Absolutely. But first, the most important question I want to ask you is... How are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? Honestly, I'm doing really good. Um, yeah, I actually really love that question because I've actually, at least the last six, eight months, like I've really grown into a person or into a life that I really love. So every day I wake up happy to happy to get the day going. So doing well, man. Awesome to hear. When was it not that way? Oh, you want to get like deep, like off the rip. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Um 2020, man, uh, 2020 to 2023 20, now, like about a year and a half after that, it took me some, you know, granted, like a lot of people, 2020 was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled through some things. I learned a lot about myself. Um, and then there was a time in there where I was growing and I was learning um, and working on the things, doing the work, I guess, that I realized there was a problem, started doing the work. And then finally, I just started to see that kind of fruition. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Was this always the plan for you to be here or just kind of happened? As far as in my personal life or, um, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, because I've always wanted to be successful in my, in, in my own right, like successful to me or, you know, happy with what I'm doing. So I believe that I would land here one day for sure. Mm. What about, um, the COVID time was so challenging for you? Uh, well, first of all, we, you know, we have a business, we have a retail shop that Mm. closed down. Wasn't too big of a deal. Um, you know, family, it's a family business. Um, we definitely all worked through it. I was living with my grandfather. He had moved in with me about a year prior to that. So I had a year of hanging out with him, taking care of him. And, uh, unfortunately I lost him to COVID, um, right in the midst of it all. So that was, that was tough, um, for a number of reasons, just a, it being COVID, we were locked in the house for three or four months. Um, my family actually took over the business. I stayed at home completely like 24 seven. 
And I traveled out once or twice, came back and, you know, he caught COVID. So unfortunately I, you know, I have no one really to blame but myself for that. Um, so that was kind of one step of it. And the second was losing my best friend. Um, the third of it was like having someone die in my family. I've never had that happen um, until him. Um, so yeah, just kind of all those together were pretty, pretty difficult. Mm. I, I can understand the, the, the business side of that, mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Because <clears throat> when COVID hit, I was uh, a full-time professional wrestler. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so if there's no fans, there's no shows. Right, right. So my whole life got switched and flipped upside right. down. You know, that's sort of, you know, now I look at it like you, like two or three years later, like, oh, it was it was what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, I was like, I don't have a freaking job. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to pay my bills? You know, so I, you know, I did the best I could. I got a job at Walmart and mm -hmm. having a job at Walmart allowed me to think, mm -hmm. hey, what do I actually want to do? Where do I want to see my life in a couple years? Gotcha. And now this podcast is, you know, a big part of that and other stuff that I'm doing outside of the podcast and sort of the mental health space awesome. become things that are my life. And I don't, I don't even wrestle anymore because um, I retired a year ago, but it's just so interesting how some of the worst experiences that we face with time, right, mm -hmm. can turn out to be um, what we need in our life. Absolutely. But in the midst of those painful experiences, we're not, you're not like, oh, I'm, I'm super grateful my grandpa died. I see the right, light. Right. No, like, fuck, it sucks. Mm -hmm. It's fucking awful. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so what did death teach you about the preciousness of life? Honestly, there were so many grateful things that I like me even to getting to spend that year with him and <laughs> crazy enough. I, I do remember I'd be like riding around with him or whatever and he'd make me laugh. Cause he's one of the funniest person like I've ever met. Like it's just out of control. And I'd, I'd look at him and I'd say like, man, I'm really going to miss you when you were gone. Like I would say that in my head, but not in like a morbid way. No, obviously I thought I had five, six, seven, I don't know, however long. Right. Cause right. he's in pretty good health. Um, so I thought, but, um, so yeah, like I was fortunate to never take those moments for granted, but what really hurt is that even though he, when he did pass, I wasn't ready, no matter how much I was like, it's going to happen one day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, but it's still, it still just happened so suddenly. Um, and so I still take, you know, I still treat life very precious. Um, try to live in the moment. But as far like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, I kind of felt like I already knew that, but still mm. it, so it just, it just hurt more, I guess. You know what I mean? Like to, to be so right about that, it's going to suck. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I haven't fully gotten there, I guess, like what I've learned from it, to be honest. Well, it's still fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Three years, two years, a year, all that's five years, whatever. That's still very uh, early stages of, of sort of a grief journey. Mm -hmm. You know, I lost someone very close to me in 2018. Mm. And, you know, some days are just really bad. Mm -hmm. Some days are good. Some days I, you know, and then some days it's like, you think about why didn't you think about that person? And mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, I, I feel guilty now because I didn't think about that person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm living this beautiful life and they're not even alive. How could I be, how could I be so happy? Mm -hmm. You know, so I've dealt with that emotion and then thinking about, you no, know, that person that I love would want me to feel this way, would want me to feel fulfilled and loved mm -hmm. and joyous about the things I'm doing. 
with them sort of like being my guiding angel right here right, on my shoulder. Right. Like, hey man, you're doing all right. Right. I see you. And that's cool to have that, but it takes a long time to get there and, and not every day it feels like that. Right. Especially when it's someone who was a mentor or a guide or just someone that you looked up to or loved. So mm-hmm. death is always it's just very tricky, man. Right. It's very tricky. But it's uh it's an ev- it's an inevitable part of life. Yes. Like we're never gonna escape it. And so I think at least thinking about that the people you love the most are going to die, not in a, in a morbid sense, like right. you were talking about and, and alluding to, but like in a, like a real sense, like yeah, the last time could be the last time. Mm-hmm. And I want to be here with you now in this moment because I cherish you. Mm-hmm. And then it also makes you think about the people that drain your energy. Right. Like, why am I in this room with this person who right. I don't really like, who doesn't see me for me. And, um, have you experienced any sort of, uh, revelations like that that just want to you want to get away from certain people because of that uh yeah i would actually accredit that to my um kind of my recovery part um one thing i did and uh yeah one thing i did was because i I am a more of a social person and i always had a lot of acquaintances right and then that's when i kind of realized i don't have like a whole lot of friends like i have some friends um but uh my instagram i honestly went through and unfollowed literally every single person Mm -hmm. because I needed people to contact me for the nature of my business. Um, But I just wanted to kind of stop caring about what other people were doing so I could focus and, you know, it pissed some people off, but like, I don't know, they weren't really friends. Um, Some of my friends did ask me about it and some just were very accepting without, they, they mentioned it, but they accepted, they didn't even ask. They just accepted that it was for a good reason, Mm -hmm. um, I guess. But, um, so yeah, because that that was kind of what I was thinking was like, I'm giving a lot of energy to what these people are doing. And I was very caught up in that. How could I make these people happy? Whether it be like hanging out with them or trying to remember things that they did. You know what I mean? Like I was giving a lot of energy to that and never really receiving the same back. So that was one big step that I took was to distance myself even in that manner, because I think even though people aren't necessarily next to you, they can, you can still be feeling their energy through what they're doing on social media or different, different realms like that. So that helped a lot. Absolutely. Who you follow on social media Mm -hmm. matters, right? Because it used to always be like the five people you most surround yourself with will be the people or be who you turn out to be. Mm -hmm. Now it's like the five books you read or the five podcasts you listen to or the 150 people you follow on social media Mm -hmm. because that's the that's the stuff and the feed that you're curating and you're going to see so if your feed is filled with positivity or um, guidance or love or support or it's filled with instagram models and drama and all Mm -hmm. this stuff you know both of those things are going to affect you one way or the other correct and you know if i feel like if i'm if i'm friends with someone in a real life context where i have their phone number Mm -hmm. and we text and i call them and we hang out like following them on social media is just like, it's like whatever, mm-hmm. you know, some people feel different ways about that, but it's like, if I have a real relationship with you, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel the need to see everything on social because we're having conversations in real life about what you're actually doing, mm-hmm. not just what you're posting. Um, you know, I have the same sort of same nature of my business needs. I need, well, needs them. Not right. Them. It's tough. I hear you. Like, I, I choose to be on social media <laughs> yes, yes, yes. because it'll be, better for the growth of my business. It's it's the nature of the beast and you always want to think you don't need it, but like, let's just make it easier, you know, but so like, I get yeah. it. Uh, yeah, 
Because I would do these conversations mm -hmm. when no one listened, because I did do them when no one listened. Sure. Um, but I post them on the internet because I hope people do listen and someone's going to resonate with one or two words that we say today. Right. And it's going to have an impact. So why not see how that can go? Absolutely. But if you can get to the point where you do something where you do it just because you love doing it, then, I mean, your longevity is much higher and your competitive advantage is much harder. Absolutely. Consistency is like number one. And so that's what I was impressed by you saying you've been doing this for three years. Not then any sense of that's a good amount of consistency, especially like if you do anything for three years, you're bound to be good at it. You yeah. know, like it doesn't matter what it is. So, and it's hard to do. It's hard to do anything every day, every week for, for that long. So yeah, kudos to you for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's get to uh, sort of the business you run. Okay. <clears throat> Just give us a sort of a snapshot of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh. On a day-to-day -day basis, we run. I run AS Apparel, which is a wholesale um, T-shirt company. So anyone, you know, businesses, schools, uh, bulk bulk printing, um, we do screen printing, embroidery, things like that. Um, that's like my bread and butter. Um, the things we focus on, um, and with that comes uh, like little league teams. We do uniforms and um, helping them out. Um, and then I have a retail business, an online retail business, XXV, the label, which is kind of a passion project that still is very encompassing of what we do, but has turned a profit recently. So that's been pretty fun to, to, yeah, to do that. And then I have a, a retail store where we sell um, merchandise, uh, school spirit wear for the local schools here in Rockwall. So any like football, you know, T-shirts, things like that to wear to the game spirit wear all you know, mugs, think like college bookstore, but for these two high schools we have here. So that's what I have. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into XXC, the label. Okay. Why'd you start it? What's it about? What does it mean? Um, yeah. So XXV, the label, uh, first and foremost, the XXV stands for 25, the Roman numerals, which has always been kind of my number. Um, but I had an idea about five or six years ago to start it. Um, it took me about three years to get it going. So I started about two years ago almost, but, um, essentially it's, it's a branding company, um, and an apparel company where say you have a podcast like this one, we can take your logo, put it online. Um, and as it sells, we pay you out. So we handle all the inventory order fulfillment, um, customer service, things like that. So there's, there's no upfront cost, um, most of the time. Um, and then, yeah, we just together market it. And as you sell t-shirts, you know, you get paid. Um, but really like the concept or like the motivation behind it was when I started playing paintball, I realized that you could be a professional at it and not make money. Like, or basically you still have a second job. Like it's not a very big sport. Um, there's some that get paid pretty well, but yeah, there's all these guys with their, you know, a brand, a name um, that just didn't, didn't get to do anything with it. And if you take, you know, me coming from the t-shirt world, you need at least three, 400 bucks to like buy 48 t-shirts to sell. Then you have to carry 48 t-shirts around. Then you have to package it and then to make, you know, $12 a t-shirt like profit. And then say six of them just lay there because they're smalls and no one bought them. Like, you know, you wasted part of your profit and it's a headache. So no one does it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I tried to just alleviate all that. And I created a business model that does. Amazing. You should get into independent professional wrestling. I would love that. Actually. Because. So I was on the independent scene and this is what you just said is exactly what we do. We're like, okay, should I get 30 shirts? What sizes do I need to get? I need to take them to shows. 
I have a show here, 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 Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How many will fit in my suitcase? Okay, do I need to ship them? There? Absolutely. And if I don't, more people buy larges because some wrestling fans are just a little bit bigger, but then mm -hmm. there's some little kids that come to the show and they need smalls. How many should I get? Holy shit. Okay, maybe I'll get 30 shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can barely afford 30 shirts because I'm, I'm getting paid $20 a show. Right. So I'm putting this. So hopefully that I get make enough money to buy the shirts that I need to sell the shows because that's where really all my profit is going to come from. Yeah. And then it's tough. You know, like you're just starting out as a professional wrestler and you like sort of have a name that you came up with. You don't really have a brand or a logo mm -hmm. yet because you're sort of figuring it out. Sure. And then you make these shirts that like are like sort of good quality because that's all you can afford. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's like and then they don't sell out and then you just have them there. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's, it's very complicated. And then you start making more money, right? As a wrestler and you start creating a brand and a name and then you're like, this is my shirt mm -hmm. and everyone wants it. And now they have like pro wrestling tees where basically they do exactly what you do. You put your shirt up, they make a portion of the profit and they sell out the shirt for you. Gotcha. Um, and things like that. More companies are doing that. But, but for the bigger names, but for the bigger names, you have to have like a certain amount of following and this and that, or you can like pay a certain amount of dollars to get your thing in there. Oh, okay. So it works out better. Um, but now it's, it's also not that expensive to create a Shopify store. Correct. And then you can, you can, um, uh, you know, partner with like Printify, which is a free thing. It's, it's pretty printful. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, I like to just think that we do it with, with a little more care and like not only care, but just a streetwear kind of edge to the entire look, you know? Right. And like you're saying, I, I I've heard of companies kind of like it and what's good about something like that. You want to be on that website because all these people are going to go and look. And so fans that don't even know you might buy your t-shirt. Right. That's what I'm trying to create, but independently of, I mean, we have musicians, paintball players, um, all, all different like artists, um, graphic designers, even right. Like right. I'll help graphic. So I want my shop to be, cool to buy t-shirts where you shop once a month just to see what's on there, you know? Um, and you might not even follow an artist or whatever, but they still have a cool looking t-shirt. So I'm trying to build that collective creative community. Yeah. I love that. I, I was, I mean, I was looking at your Instagram and your website and all the stuff is, is quite cool. Thank you. And are you creating your own stuff for that? Or are you just trying to have other people create for the website? Uh, I put both. So there, you know, I'll help um, do or create like t-shirts for people I'll create my own. Anything that just pretty much says just XXV, the label is mine. Um, but I just, I do that for fun again, just because I like to create stuff that I like to wear. So I do right. that and add it to the website and hope my friends buy it or, or whoever, you know, just to add to the, the collections again, because I don't want it to only be artists or, or I'm sorry, like I don't want it to only be fan driven. I want it to be a collective community, if that makes sense. So even some, um, some DJs, for example, will give me the freedom to create just a, say they have a saying, this is like, be the light or something like, and that's kind of their saying, I'll create a cool t-shirt that would just say that and doesn't necessarily plaster their name on it just so that they can get the revenue from it, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's not, I mean, again, we give the recognition as far as like posting that it's their line and different things like that. Um, but it's so that anyone will buy the t-shirt. So me adding my own designs and stuff on there, I feel helps with that. That is, yes, I, I understand that completely because like a wrestling shirt always had like, like the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And very few people who outside like a very niche market who yeah. love professional wrestling will wear like a shirt that's like, yeah, exactly. You know? But like, you're exactly what you're saying. You just make it a cool shirt. Mm-hmm. And like a random person will be like, oh, that's a sweet shirt. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's from this dude. They're like, mm -hmm. I don't really care. 
But yeah. this, this shirt is this cool, and I would wear this regularly. Right. And that's so. I mean, that's a fantastic idea. So I think that's great. So, um, do you consider yourself a creative person? No. Why not? No. <laughs> uh, so that's actually why it took me. I don't want to see why it took me so long to start because I'm very business minded. Um, I've been selling T-shirts at my. I was at my retail shop since 2012. And I didn't do any of the artwork. Um, my dad did it actually, but I would sell t-shirts and help them on paper, what it was going to look like. I started, you know, using color and things like that, but I did it a lot from my mind. Right. And just like a blank proof, but then I would give it to my dad and he would create it into a t-shirt and I would see it, but I, it almost would come out like I, you know, was envisioning, but I didn't have the, the skills or the tools to do it. So when I decided to start XXV, I thought it was going to be easy. I could get people to do the art for me and, the photography and, and all of that, right? So yeah, I thought I was gonna get all these people to do the website um, and things like that. And then it's just not feasible. So I started Shopify really good at, you know, not knowing anything. Like I, if you're gonna, if you're gonna start a website, go try it there because it's very user-friendly is what I should say. Um, and somewhere in there, <laughs> a lot of my life is on a whim, but somewhere in there, I went back to school. I was talking to a random guy and he told me about Wade College that was a business fashion program. So I went and checked it out. Sounded exactly like I wanted. Enrolled while I was doing all of this. I mean, this is at 29 years old. Like I went back to school. I, yeah. I didn't really finish the first time, but um, we can touch on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I learned Photoshop in there. Right. And so at that time then i'm loving photoshop so it's the time i'm building my website so then i start making mock-ups and then i start posting it and then i thought i had everything ready and you know i called my photography friend and i was like hey last thing we got to do is shoot this right and he did it for me um but then i could tell that that was going to be tricky to get some you know to him all the time luckily uh great guy ended up teaching me photography so now i do it a little bit enough to get by you know i just kind of have an eye for it but um, yeah, so I, I can essentially do everything, but it's only pretty recent and I think it's okay, but it's not, not what it could or should be and not where I plan to be, I guess. I mean, yeah, like at the start of your business, you're going to have to be the person who wears all the hats, mm -hmm. like this is how it is mm -hmm. Like uh, with this podcast, you know, I have to do all of the things, mm -hmm. it's not all of the things I want to do, but if the, if the episode is going to get out. Right. It's got to, someone's got to do it. Absolutely. You know, I have one guy who my video guy, Ben, mm -hmm. you know, but outside of that, it's just me, mm -hmm. you know, scheduling, emailing, editing, posting, all that stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. So you get it. Right. Absolutely. But at some point when the business actually is uh, flourishing to a point where you have like extra funds, mm -hmm. or whatever, at least in my case, then, okay, how can I allocate those funds to make everything a little bit more seamless to leverage this a little bit? So have a small team so we can put out better products or better episodes or better clips or whatever the case Absolutely. may be. But at the beginning, you just got to figure it out. Like uh, episode one, I had no microphone, no like, <laughs> camera stand. I had my buddy hold it and I yeah. just spoke. Like, That's awesome. You just put it out. Yeah, like, you just I like do that. it. Whatever, I like that. you know, like you got to jump, right? right? You don't know if you can fly unless you jump. And sometimes you might fall flat on your face. Uh -huh. Then you're like, all right, time to get back up. I'm the person who keeps on trying and trying and trying and I think that's amazing. Absolutely. So, uh, it's really cool that you've, you've done all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, you know, and one thing I, I would add to that for any entrepreneur is it's hard to hire something that you don't know how to do. So even when you can kind of like, again, now that I can kind of do photography, I know when I'm talking to a person like 
if they can do it or not. You know what I mean? Like kind of in that, and you have to be able to give direction in certain things, that, right. especially if you want it done a certain way. I don't even say in a certain way, but like you don't want to micromanage, but if you want it done in the macro, like you have to know how to do it at least a little bit. So yeah. that's helped. Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. Cause like, if I'm going to have someone do something that I've never done, mm-hmm. I don't know really what they're. They could tell you anything and you'll be like, yeah, that sounds right. But you have no idea. They right. could, they could, and I've learned that because I've hired people without knowing how to do things. And I was like, never again. That's so funny. Um, what else have you learned about, you know, starting a business, being an entrepreneur, life lessons? Uh, in the business realm? Yeah, I think, okay. One big thing is finding people to talk about. Um, like, let's say like discussing money growing up, we never talked about how much people made or whatever. And not that you should, but I learned quickly that to have conversations to not be afraid to have conversations and it doesn't always come from a um, like a pretentious place you know when you're talking about how well your business is doing it's only to make sure that you're on par with what you should be doing and that's and that's my opinion so for example like i was talking to my friend i learned this talking to my friend down in uh, houston he owned, he's a very successful paintball company and or paint retail paintball company you know and he was just asking me numbers of like how I was doing per year. And I had no idea because I never really thought about the revenue I was making. And this, again, this is five or six, seven years ago. I didn't know how much money I was making in a year because I didn't think it mattered. And, and again, that might be like a duh, but someone who grew up just being not, not talking about those types of things, like kind of, kind of kept me in that shell, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so being able to have conversations about your business will help you to understand your business, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's important to talk to like-minded individuals mm-hmm. who like know sort of the the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, the struggles of you know starting your own thing mm-hmm. and bootstrapping it all the way up. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the number one thing I think is just be ready to work as well. So yeah, how did you how did you eventually know that you wanted to take the leap and to start xx with the label like because it took you a few years was there um, a moment was there just a decision was there a, just a fuck it i think i think when i finally created that shopify how everything happened with my t-shirts or the the school and stuff like that i remember thinking like wow there's something i haven't thought of and then i went to do it and it just fell into place like one after another i wasn't hitting any snags i was hitting like oh i didn't know i had to do that but I was able to do it like myself. I will say like, again, XXV started as a passion project. So there wasn't a whole lot of risk involved. There was a lot of time involved. Mm -hmm. Granted, I was working here again. It's all in the same realm, but you know, after hours I was building a website. So there wasn't really a leap there, but, but I did know from the beginning, XXV was a great business idea. One and two, a great, um, something that could really help people. So, once I had those two things, there was nothing going to stop me from making XXV. Um, that's why I did kind of hold on to it until I could go through with it because I didn't want it to fail. Mm. Um, so I needed all the tools. But even now, like for first four or five months, like wasn't necessarily getting any sales. But I always said like, this isn't a bad idea. Just not enough people have seen it. Um, so there was times where I was like doing people's, um, that's how I got good guy decent at graphic design is because I kept doing people's artwork posting online and it wasn't selling because it didn't, you know, cause I didn't know about that. They didn't really have any followers or anything like that, but it didn't matter because I would get, or I would get someone put it online. They would get like two sales, their mom and their dad bought a t-shirt, mm-hmm. 
but I felt good because I made those two sales, you know? So, I mean, I had like a hundred sales in the first month, but they were probably had like 80 creatives, you know what I mean? So not really like we've done well and I've been blessed to like know some social media influencers or professional paintball players that do have a brand. Um, and so it's been a mix of a lot of things. Um, but yeah, the idea I think is great. Um, I think it will be big. And honestly, I've dealt with um, pretty big manufacturers too, because we white label our services as well. What does that mean? So if you have, okay, so there's a professional paintball team that we, we deal with. Um, they sell a bunch of jerseys, masks, different things like that. They have a Shopify. I'm plugged in on the back end and I put t-shirts out. And when a t-shirt sells, I ship it. When a mask sells, they ship it. Um, that's what Shopify allows you to do. So, but it's the same process as I'll put it online. They don't pay me until it sells. Uh, the difference is, is I charge them versus me paying them out. Now, um, how I, so I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of pretty big global manufacturers doing this because it solves the issue of inventory. Mm. It solves the issue of figuring it out. Granted, I'll tell you when you're buying on that scale, they buy like six, seven, or probably like $8 a t-shirt. That's what they're paying. You're paying 17 with me, but you don't spend money until you make money. And that is worth so much to people. Because again, we're charging $17 a t-shirt, but you have to remember that's like us holding the inventory, printing it one at a time. So there's no bulk deal that printing, handling it to ship and shipping it off. So doing all of that is worth something, right? But you're still making, I mean, you charge $25 a shirt. Yeah, you're making $8, but it's literally $8 that you didn't spend a dollar to get. Right. So, so big companies recognize that because they have warehouses full of t-shirts that never went to use or were smalls that nobody wanted or a design that just quite didn't hit as well as they thought. So trying to get rid of that, paying for storage to hold those t-shirts is tough. So yeah, that's how I know it was a good idea as well. It's an amazing idea. And the, the quality of the shirt matters. Yes. Like if you're trying to have return customers and they get a shirt from you or from anyone, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, it's like kind of itchy. And Especially on that, the Printful website, because right. they use a bunch of different manufacturers. So right. none of the quality is really controlled. Um, so that's one. Yeah. We, we try to keep that. And so if you're a, a, you're the person creating the stuff, mm -hmm. you're like, you want people to see your stuff, look at it. It's cool. And then they get the shirt and it's exactly like they saw on the mm -hmm. internet. They're going to be a return customer. Mm -hmm. So the little bit more money that you're spending is 100% worth it. Absolutely. Because you're creating, you know, loyal fans to your, to your company. So like, I know that I bought this shirt. It's nice. The next one that I buy is also going to be nice. Mm -hmm. And then you also are the person who cares about it the most. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at each individual order. Maybe not when you have, you know, zillion orders right. soon in your life, but right. you're, each person that you hire is going to be in the same sort of mind space as you. Like, this is our business. This is what we do. We care about the people that we, Absolutely. we uh, employ. And so it's all just, that's how you just run a conscious business. Absolutely. Instead of a business that's only for profit, of course, businesses have to make money. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. But there can be a purpose like you have on your website or on your Instagram mm -hmm. behind having a conscious business. Mm -hmm. Like, we care about this. It's creative first. It's about the artist. Right. Because a lot of like you see in the music industry, like the creative and the artist is, is not the top priority. Right. Like labels just use and abuse these people from what I understand. I've never been an artist. Sure. I've been signed to a label. But and the people that I follow who are independent artists and the ones who are on a label, like they're not 
those are their songs and right. they don't have any usage of them. They created that art. Like art is from the the deep depths of your soul. Mm -hmm. Like, and you're just letting this person use it. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I don't know. It just bothers me a lot. I mean, honestly, me too. Uh, because when I was involved early on in paintball, I had friends that were DJs. And so it actually is called XXV the label because it's like a record label mm -hmm. where you sign to. Do we even sign say that sometimes? Like sign it to the creative. We don't always say it just to not scare some of the artists. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, you're not really signing any like contracts. Like I don't own anything, <laughs> you know. But we want to make it like exclusive and cool and things like that, right? right? Um, but yeah, that's what I learned that record labels would like receive someone's music. But what you're putting your music on there for is to spread the word. So like, it's kind of a trade, you know. But they obviously do a lot, some shady stuff as well. So, which is what I learned, but in the same concept of let me receive your brand and show it to the world and then pay you. But it's, it's making sure the artist gets paid first right? or gets the recognition, all of that first. Yeah. So, but it's, more, it's with you, it's more of a partnership mm -hmm. rather than you work for me. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, like, I don't make money unless you do. And so no one's going to work harder than me for you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I need you to make money because that's how I make money. Exactly. So Exactly. That's awesome. Well, congratulations so far. On thank you. Success and, uh, you know, many more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> you mentioned paintball a few times. It's something I wanted to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about paintball. Why do you, do you, when did you start playing it? Um, why paintball? Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you ever played paintball? Like at all? I played paintball once when I was in high school mm -hmm. and in the first five minutes, um, someone shot a paintball into my fi my fingernail yeah. and it blew off and I never went back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So luckily that didn't happen my first time, but <laughs> a lot like your first time, like when I tried it, I was like, this is a cool sport, right? Like you get to shoot people, they shoot at you. The adrenaline is like, I don't want to say unmatched because I haven't played like, I mean, I've played sports, but not like professionally, right? But the adrenaline is unmatched of like, these little balls you can't see flying at you and like when it hits like you know it's gonna hurt right yeah. but at the same time you get to go shoot those people too so to me it's super fun it's the best sport and it's actually super strategic um it's like a chess match at especially at, you know at the higher levels but uh in high school i played a lot of the local stuff um and then i actually went off to college that didn't really work out came back to work in the family business um was actually thinking about joining the air force um was pretty set to go um and I went out to the paintball field and I happened to notice like in the field, like these guys were training and me playing sports knew that that was organized. Right. So I was like, I never heard of organized paintball. So I kind of just walked over there and I was like, Hey, what are y'all doing? And I'm like, Oh, we're training for like world cup. I was like, what's that? And I was like, it's a tournament coming up in Florida. I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then like, yeah, we actually down a guy. And I was like, well, can I go? And I'm like, do you play? And I was like, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they're like, yeah, I guess you have the money. And I took the money I had saved up, bought a plane ticket for like three weeks away, bought all the gear I needed and went to the tournament. Well, I, so I decided to go and then I played. So I practiced with them. And again, it was the most fun I've ever had because it was organized. And then I went and played the tournament and that was the most fun I've ever had. Like literally just being in competition, playing a match with referees, you know, all, everything that's good about competing. And we got dead last place. So no, like, no, no heroic story. Looking back, we should not have been in that division or anything like that. The whole team shouldn't have. Like, I don't know what they were doing, but <laughs> yeah. But at the time, they were the coolest dudes I knew, you know? <laughs> so uh, I came back from that uh, out at official uh, Forney and Forney and literally trained every weekend. That was in October, November or October. It was the last uh, tournament of the season. 
So November, December, January, February, I played every single weekend running drills, learning the mechanics of the sport, playing in a field, playing shooting cones, doing things like that, like um, in order for tryouts the next year and uh, found a team, made it onto the team. And yeah, pretty much the rest is history because I never I haven't missed a weekend of paintball since then almost. So you play every weekend. Yeah, this these last two years have been a well this season. But yeah, I play every weekend. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How, how, like, what is the, what is the league like? Is there a season? Mm-hmm. So actually right now we're in season. There's five tournaments a year on the national circuit. Um, that's the main one. Um, we just went to Florida three weeks ago. I took second at that one. So nice. that was pretty, that was pretty good feeling even though we lost. <laughs> but um, so there's five tournaments and basically you get points by um, where you finish and then it's a series. So whoever has the most points at the end of the series wins, you know, and you get the series title. So points are just by how many matches you win. Yeah. Well, so how play, like what place you get, okay. um, that's how you win the tournament series. But, uh, I guess a tournament, you get four prelim matches. You play five paintballs played five on five. Um, when you shoot all the other guys, like you run down and there's a buzzer, you hit the buzzer. So you score a point and there's a 15 minute match. Whoever scores the most points in the match wins. So like when you hit the buzzer, the time stops, you get dressed, you play again. Okay. So the score can be, you know, two to one, five to four, something like that. Or um, there's a mercy rule. So if you can go up five points, the match is over, which, okay. which can happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you play four prelim matches. Uh, we went four and zero at this last one. And so then you play in a, like, I guess a regular tournament on Sunday where we like, we entered the quarters. And so you have to, you went or you lose, you go home basically. So we won three matches, made it to the finals and then lost that one. But it was good. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Who that's you get that a lot, and they always like. Well, I just thought it was in the woods. Like, no, it's it's an organized thing. I mean, and I don't even know how many people go, but it's a lot. I mean, there's a couple hundred teams. There's twenty pro teams um, all over the country, players from all over. Um, so yeah, are there fans at these things? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like watching the matches as they happen. Mm-hmm. The the pro field has. Um, has a grandstands for people to come in. It's actually on online to gosports.com. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's something that's been building. Um, they're, you know, building up like that's taken time, but that's where we're at in paintball, right? Is it's hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, the, the online's getting better, um, with the camera angles, but watching it live can be difficult, but for, for someone who doesn't know paintball, yeah. but there are times where, you know, people get real up close and personal and shoot each other. So that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's fans and then you can go, it's like a trade show. I did, I had an XXV booth at this last one, um, selling t-shirts and kind of spreading awareness about who we are and what we do. Um, so yeah, there's all kinds of vendors and food and things like that. It's a three day thing. So what sort of, uh, uh, if I'm allowed to ask money or salary stuff is in, is in paintball? Uh, where I'm at, none for me. We pay to play. Um, I've played on the pro level. We get a lot of sponsorships. Um, pros are real um, marketable or how do you say like market minded. So they help companies um, wear certain logos, do certain things. Um, we're given a, a gun um, each year um, that you want to promote and it's always a good gun for sure. But, um, things like that. Um, there are sometimes pro teams will have owners that are well off in other businesses outside, um, that do it because they love it. Or, you know, they used to have a kid on the team, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, there's some money in it. And some of those will get paid. I think like our, the top 
um, player who makes like 80 a season, something like that. But I mean, to, to shoot people and, you know, isn't that bad of a deal, I think. Right. Because you, uh, truthfully, you can have another job pretty comfortably. Um, yeah, you probably have enough time. I that's say. what I mean, because you really only have to play on the weekends. Or, you know, pros do practice, you know, four or five times a week when that is their job, which just like any other pro. But I mean, there's so much that you can do because you're not really bound to like endorsement deals and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, there's not a whole lot of that in paintball right now, again, because it's not a very marketable sport, just watching. But there's a lot of people trying to change that, honestly. And it's social media and stuff has, has been good for paintball, um, bringing awareness and the short clips. So it allows people to watch um, have been good. So I believe in, you know, things honestly like that I'm doing will help pros make more money and they'll make money outside of their salary per se. Nice. Was your label well received at the, at the thing you were just at? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is, this would be my second season doing it. And yeah, in paintball in general, it's been very well received, awesome. in, which has been great. Um, I printed again for a couple of different pro teams. Um, honestly, the number one pro team was super down for it, like immediately, um, I've been printing for them and then, and then honestly, just like paintball fans buying either my stuff or, uh, stuff of, because I like to create graphic tees that you, that don't look so like, man, he's wearing a whole bunch of sponsors on his shirt, right. you know, or like if you wanted to wear one of my t-shirts to, you know, out to dinner, right. It doesn't scream like, what does that guy do? Like uh -huh. all these bright colors. Yeah. I mean, paintball has a look, you know, um, and I don't hate it on it at all, but I like to try to bring a little bit different like style to it. So amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you learned from playing paintball that you've maybe uh, utilized in your day-to-day -day life? I'll tell you, uh, I say this all the time, actually, because I started playing when I was 20 and that was one of the cool things I found out when I went to the world cup, I was like, Oh, I can be a professional athlete, which I always wanted to do as a kid, you know, but I always thought it'd be like soccer or baseball, but mm. never was that good at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a hope and a dream, but, um, so that was like number one, right? I was like, yo, I can be a professional athlete starting at 20. You know, I just got to try a little bit. And, but what I learned at that time was, was passion. I, I thought I liked soccer and baseball, which I did. I do still cool but I didn't feel a passion. I thought I did again, but you know, when I play paintball, I literally would eat, sleep and couldn't, I was working at my store Monday through Friday and I was like, I need to get out of here to go like play, you know? Yeah. And I was watching a lot of videos, talking to a lot of people. And so that was the first thing was like, wow, this is what it feels like to really love something. And I feel that about my business now. So being able to like cultivate that and harness it was step one, super glad. Um, step two is, was really just like, uh, doing anything you can set your mind to. Mm. That was the first time I've really like said, I'm going to go pro. And then I did, you know what I mean? So it's the first time I've ever really accomplished something like that. Since then I've done it, you know, again, a handful of times. Um, so just having that confidence and belief in yourself was good. Um, I believe networking has changed, um, has changed my life obviously with like talking to people, becoming more business-minded. Um, and I, I do believe those are all things I learned in paintball. So like you, I took a game and like took life lessons out of it, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of sports mm -hmm. in a nutshell. That's why it's so important for kids mm -hmm. to play sports. Absolutely. And for us to encourage kids to play sports. Absolutely. And to have those challenges and those mistakes and those setbacks and be like, okay, how do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. How do you put on your jersey or your uniform the next day, even though today's game went really, really badly. Mm -hmm. Because in life, how are you gonna wake up the next morning still 
you know, brush your teeth, get out of bed, put your shoes on, all that stuff, even though yesterday or the weeks before that have been really, really bad. Absolutely. You know, how do we teach that? Because that's a skill that we can learn because we have to be adaptable and we have to be flexible. Absolutely. And we have to be resilient because life is, you know, as hard as we talked about right at the start of this episode. Right, right. Death. Yeah. Like setbacks, COVID, right. random uncontrollable things. Right. Like pain. It's all going to happen. We're No one is immune to any of those things. Right. But we can armor ourselves. We can armor ourselves with the skills and tools to be able to recognize those situations. Be like, okay, I can overcome this. Right. I've done it before. I can do it again. Yes, it might take me a little longer this time. It might be a little harder this time. Mm -hmm. I might need a little extra support this time, whether it be from friends or professionals, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, is, is maybe as weird as that or hokey as it sounds. You can learn that from sports. Absolutely. I did. Yeah. I learned that from playing, you know, 16 years of baseball. Nice. You know, I'm trying to teach my kids that now as 14 year olds, like uh -huh. you guys are going to strike out four or five times in a game. Yeah. You're going to get out 10 times. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to show up to the game the next day? You're just going to leave your stuff at home. Right. That's what, yeah, I actually, I use that comparison a lot, especially in paintball, like, or like you're saying baseball, like one day someone told me, it was my high school baseball coach. Actually. He said, uh, what's a good, what's a good hitting average. Right. And it was like 30%. So like, what does that mean? It's like you struck out seven times you hit the ball and that's like some of the best in the league. And I went, Oh wow. Like, so you're going to fail a lot more than you're going to hit. You know, mm -hmm. and then what I always liked about baseball too is like you would have to you'd strike out in a in a in a game and you'd have to bat again mm -hmm. and like wipe that off. And there were so many kids, especially when I was younger, that would like cry and come. You know what I mean? Like not hit the ball the next time, literally because they didn't hit it the first time. Mm -hmm. Which so kind of resetting that mentality. That same thing is in paintball because after you play a point, you have two minutes to get ready. Mm -hmm. The difference is you just got shot in the mouth. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> Yep. You know, uh, your finger nose yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or, you know, the ref made a bad call sure. and you have to calm down and go back out there with a clear head. Um, or vice versa. You win, you dunked on some kid, but now he's going to go do the same thing. He's going to clear his mind. So you have to come down and not get overzealous or overconfident and play to that next point. Um, and I, and I feel like, like you were talking about consistency, like to me, you don't have to like, like hurt somebody every time you play paintball, but you just have to play at a certain level that you're just constant, very solid. So every day you just want to be solid. And then when you win one day at a time, by the end of the week, you dominated that week, but you can't go into it wanting to dominate the week. In my opinion, you just want to have to do what you're supposed to this day. And then tomorrow, same thing. And then it scores a hundred to zero before you know it. Mm -hmm. One moment, one step, one mm -hmm. day at a time. Absolutely. Why was college not for you? I just wasn't good at it. No? <laughs> so, um, no, well, so 2009, I graduated. I wanted to be an architect. High, high school, yes. Uh, I wanted to be. I graduated in 2010. Oh, nice, nice. Where'd you go? Plano West. Okay, I went to Heath. Nice. But um, so I graduated 2009 and I went to UTA. I wanted to be an architect real bad. I, I still like architecture, I like drawing. Um, Makes but more floor, yeah, now. right, right, right. Uh, but doing the floor plans and stuff, I was in a, a college class. But man, it was just, I went to UT Arlington. It was just more school. I just wasn't good at it. Like just um, sitting in class, learning, reading. Uh, the economy crashed. My dad owned a construction business. He, uh, you know, started doing pretty rough on a whim. I'd uh, like to just stop building, right? So on a whim, he 
bought screen printing machines and was like, let me go YouTube, how to make a t-shirt, did that. They tell me about it. They're like, hey, well, you know, we don't have a lot of money for you to go to school anymore, whatever, whatever. Do you want to, actually, I don't even remember if they asked me, but I do remember distinctly taking the easy way out. I was like, you know, this sucks anyways. So I'm going to be like, let me go help my family. And then, which they needed it, right? But it was, I didn't endure the going through school. Granted, looking back, it's obviously a really good decision, but I gave up pretty easy on it, you know? Um, but I found a love t-shirts and so here we are. So. And then you decided to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because honestly, yeah, when I went, <laughs> I heard about this program, Wade College. It was a fashion school. I went in and when you know exactly what they're talking about, it's way different, right? Like they're talking about supply chain management and things like that that I knew, but I didn't know. I didn't know what supply chain management meant. I didn't know I was dealing with supply chain, but I was dealing with it every day. Right. And so when they start putting words, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And yeah, learning Photoshop is a lot easier when you know how to design a t-shirt or you know what it should look like. Right. You just have to learn the commands. You have to learn the little skills. Um, doing uh, inventory, right? Like learning stock turn and things like that to fill up a store. Way more interesting when you have a store because I was learning stuff and literally going home and using it. Mm. Um, so way different. Yeah, um, it was easily applicable. Easily. And you already had a passion and a purpose for it. Absolutely. So learning more is just more exciting at that point. Right? Absolutely. And I am, I am, I do like to talk to people to learn things instead of just reading. Um, but yeah, so being able to talk or like, hear someone and then go apply it immediately to something that, yeah, is, is honestly going to make me money as well. Like that's a bonus, you know? So yeah, that was really cool. A mm. couple more questions for you. Absolutely. What's the, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing in your life right now? If there is any. Oh, uh, no, definitely. Uh, yeah. Are we, hold on. So, um, yeah, I think because we were talking a little bit about the mental health stuff. Um, that's why I'd love to get into that a little more. It's kind of what I was thinking. But that's still mental health for me is is new is, is the new I have new challenges. One of them is anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest challenge today, I have super high anxiety in, in the best way possible, I think, is um, just anxious to stay afloat. Um, so my biggest challenge these days are the unknown. I have um, the 6,000 square foot building is going to come with its own rent payment that is going to come every day. I have 12 employees that are counting on me. I have everything I've ever asked for in the t-shirt world, you know, the best machines, things like that. So there's nothing really holding me back besides myself. And that's a little bit scary mm -hmm. to be, there's, there's no crutch. You know what I mean? Like I'm either going to fail and it's my fault or we're going to win and it's my fault. fault. Um, so having people, this many people count on me and with no safety net is kind of my, my challenge these days, if that makes sense. It's a bit scary. It's a bit. Yeah. If it wasn't scary. And if you weren't scared, that would be weird. Correct. Which is why I say the anxiety is good because it drives me to wake up and do what I'm supposed to do. And not everyone has that motivating factor. Right. How are you managing it though? Because sometimes it can be very debilitating. Uh, truthfully, um, therapy and meds hundred percent. And I'm an advocate for both. Um, I don't think meds are for, for everyone. I think it took me a year of trying different ones, working closely with my doctor on changing medications and, or I'm sorry, changing dosages, dosages and stuff. 
Um, but I am a believer in science and, you know, supplements in general. Um, granted, you still have to eat right, be healthy, but no matter what you do, you can always supplement protein when you're working out. You know what I mean? Sure. So I believe that is the same way for mental health. Um, again, just have to be cautious and do do as they're prescribed, but they can be done well. But the biggest one is therapy. Um, I go once a week. I've been going for almost two years now. Um, in some days, I don't really have much to talk about. So we get to talk about, you know, how to progress forward. If, if I'm being honest, sometimes it's more of just a pat on the back to remind me to, you know, get out and keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. There's stressful weeks that he helps me break down. And then, especially in the beginning, but there's times where we start relating um, certain things that I'm feeling or that's happening to childhood stuff. Um, untangling things is what he likes to call it. And I believe that that's a, that's a thing a hundred percent. And it's hard to describe or show how things are tangled up together. Like why you're feeling angry towards someone is due to an event. So not even a person in a while back until you go through it and then you can feel it separate. You can feel the weight lift off of you. And then it's just kind of like, aha, mm. that's what it is. Um, so I highly encourage everyone, honestly, no matter how you're feeling. And, Cause again, even when you're doing great, it's a good unbiased. Yes. You're doing a good job and this is what you should do. You know what I mean? So I highly encourage people to go once a week. Um, it's if I could do it over again, no matter the cost isn't, it's something you should spend your money on is what I'm getting at. Like cost shouldn't be a factor because it's some, it's just like eating. Like, you know, you have to do it in my, in my opinion. And that's how, that's how strongly I feel about it now. So if I had it to do it over, I would start it sooner yeah. and not like, not the cost was ever a thing, but what I would say is cost, I think is what people are scared of, but the stigma of, Oh, uh, you go to therapy, like you're crazy or I don't want to go because I'm, I'm not crazy, mm -hmm. you know? But again, it's like, do you have a personal trainer? Yeah. Because he just knows how to help you lift weights, mm -hmm. do it better. Do you have a coach? Yes. It's a mental coach. It's, you know, an unbiased look at things. So um, I guess this is where I should plug Sad Boy, one of my favorite brands. Um, yeah, yeah, that we that's on XXV, the label. Um, this guy who uh, he's an artist, Chris Babb. I met him um, through physical therapy, actually. And he's a yeah, phenomenal artist. Comes out to me. <laughs> funny story. He comes to me and he says, hey, uh, you know, I've heard about your brand. Like, do you want to? maybe collab on a new brand. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm just, I was slammed at the time, you know? And I was like, yeah, we could talk about it. And then I'm giving them the spiel on how it works. And I was like, yeah, and if you ever need help with art, like, you know, we can do that as well. And he kind of just kindly, I, I'll never forget, he kindly shook his head and he was like, yeah, for sure. Come to find out a week later, like he sends me his Instagram. The dude's a full blown artist, like makes money selling these amazing paintings, right? And I asked him if like he wanted help like designing stuff. I don't know, but he was super humble about it. And <laughs> that, nice that just made me, I'll never forget that. How I was just like, dude, do you want help with art? And he's like, yeah, you know, we're fine. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, anyways, um, but he had, a, he had a super moving story about his friend just had committed suicide. And so now when you purchase the sad boy shirt, cause we, we pay back to creatives, right? Mm -hmm. We actually give to uh, the Christopher, Christopher Barkley foundation. Mm -hmm. um, that was his friend. He started that or him and his friends started that in his name. Right. Um, so that's the message behind that. And again, that all just timing thing, man, the way that hit and where it hit me and you know, what I was dealing with. Um, 
but the, the whole the whole thing behind it is mental health but specifically men's mental health mm-hmm. that's why it's called sad boy and a lot of it's just releasing the stigma starting the starting the conversation we want to create cool graphic t-shirts he does a lot of the art most of it um he has allowed me to create some stuff that you know is meaningful to me um and you know put the sad boy stuff on there so um, but the idea is to create cool graphic tees that you can wear out. I and mean, when people are like, what's sad boy or whatever it is, you kind of just mention, and you never know. Um, we went to Uptown, did a little, uh, we had a little booth out there that he set up. I was a little worried about selling streetwear, you know, in Uptown, mm-hmm. just, but also I was nervous and all the kind of, will they like it? You know, things that come with, with doing something your first time. And it was very well received. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold 40 shirts. Um, we told people about Sad Boy. We had one lady come up and cry mm-hmm. because she had just, you know, dealt with some different things. We had people that were buying it because it was cool. We had people that were buying it because it meant something, all different things. Mm-hmm. And seeing, because, you know, we're online, right? So I don't see a lot of that. Granted, people tell me, post about it, but it's not really the same thing. But seeing emotion behind it, I knew that we were doing the right thing for Sad Boy as well. And how that related to me again, it just, that brand is going to be big. It will for sure. I love that. Well, that, that mean that touches on on my heart pretty deeply. You can mm-hmm. see the hat I'm wearing. It says "You Are Loved." Mm-hmm. That's the mental health nonprofit that I started. Nice. Because I said earlier, 2018, I lost someone that I love. It was my sister who ended her own life, and so um, just having more people speak about these things mm-hmm. just in an open forum about how we feel going to therapy, talking about our emotions, expressing love, being there for one another. I mean, it's the key to life. Mm-hmm. And it's not only important for us, it's important for everyone, mm-hmm. just for our mental health and expressing ourselves as men, mm-hmm. you know, because some of the messaging we hear and have been told is, you know, the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a place for toughness, right? There's mm-hmm. a place for grit it and get it done. But there's also a place for asking for help and saying that you need help and saying that you're not feeling well or saying that you're stressed or you're overwhelmed mm-hmm. or you can't handle this or you need some backup. Like, and that's what our friends are for. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, messaging and t-shirts and all of this stuff is about. It's never just a t-shirt. Right. Like when I'm sure that guy or you were creating the t-shirt, like mm-hmm. there's like this intense love and passion and putting to that shirt. Like if someone wears this, they're feeling my friend, mm-hmm. they're feeling my sister and, all of these things, right? It's 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 so much deeper than clothing, but mm-hmm. clothing is the vehicle for the change mm-hmm. for some people, for me, for you. Absolutely. Uh, for Sad Boy. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Um yeah, like how do you how do you deal with balancing the the toughness with the sensitive? Does that make sense? Like, cause that was I think that's the hardest thing for it was hard for me to grasp, so it's even harder to explain like two people that are confused by it, but how do you stay sensitive, but how do you be a man and do what you're supposed to do? I, because I know that there is three to four people in my life mm-hmm. that I can be a soft teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And so I can get out all of my emotions. I feel safe. I feel seen. I feel heard with those people. One being my girlfriend, Mm-hmm. another being my parents and a few of my really close friends. Mm-hmm. Like I know that there's no judgment there from them ever. Like I can cry and I have cried in front of them and say that I need this or that. I'm not feeling tough today. I'm feeling weak and I need your help. Can you lift me up to like, so you have to have those bit of people in your life absolutely, where you can just sort of melt. Right. 
And then like in your day to day, that's where you have to be the person that you want to be. Right. Because you have to show up. Mm -hmm. Life needs you to show up. Your life needs you to be an active participant. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have to sort of get it together. Mm -hmm. But there's a space for you to be soft and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a therapist or you have a friend group, you have communities, if you have a a support system Mm -hmm. or an infrastructure, right? One, two, three people, it doesn't have to be a million, one or two where you can be soft Mm -hmm. and, and show yourself in true authentic fashion. And then in your life where you have to be the person, maybe for your kids or for your business or mm-hmm. just for yourself, then you show up in that way. Mm-hmm. You have to be, be able to toggle between that line Absolutely. dynamically. Um, but that's what the best men that I have ever known do. Mm-hmm. And they do it, you know, not perfectly, of course, because no one does it perfectly, but they do it to the best of their ability. Yeah. And that's why having a therapist or a group or anything like that or a person mm-hmm. is helps you to be that way. Gotcha. So that person can see you in that light. My girlfriend sees me in that light all the time and it brings us closer because she knows that in real life, if anything were like, not that is real life, yeah. but like in the world, Correct. like if someone were to be mean to her or attack her, like I'm fucking right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, none of that shit. Right. Right. And so there's just, I mean, that's at least how I've seen it. And that's how I encourage my, my young men, my 14 year old boys to be uh-huh. like, we're safe here in this team. Yeah. Like after the game, we don't talk about what happened. Like you right. want to get upset. You want to be sad about the game. Like, great. Let's get it out. But when we're in the game, we're in the fucking game. Right, we're right, competing. Right. We're getting after it and we're bringing it on. Yeah. But when we're done with the game, let's talk. Let, let me care about you. Right, let's right. share our emotions and our feelings. Let's let's work through that. And so there's a place for both of those things um, for our mental health, especially for 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 men. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think that whole message right there is – is important and is what um, needs to be talked. I don't, I, that's the things I don't even know if it needs to be talked about as much as it needs to be shown. Needs to be shown. You know what I mean? Because talking about it is, is, is what I was getting at is kind of, kind of tough. Um, Cause one thing for me is like, I do have people, same thing, right. That I can be open to and like break down, but I also have people I want to be that person that other people can do that too as well, right. you know, and it's usually not the same people. I don't know, like if you've noticed that, but one person that I talk to, they don't necessarily talk to, and it's not because they don't want to, it's just, you kind of have that relationship. Right. Um, but there are other people that, that open up to me that I don't necessarily open up to. So it's just kind of that balance. Like you're going to, you know, passing it on kind of, kind of deal, paying it forward mm-hmm. kind of deal is I think is big in, in the mental health space. Yeah. Was there a, um, a driver that led you to therapy, like an initial point, or was it just time? Um, good question. Um, because how I kind of do anything is I think about it for a long time. Mm. I don't study something for like a month straight, right? I a little pieces over three months per se, right? And I kind of learn about it, start paying attention to it, and I did tell my mom. I was like, and this was, I can't remember, I can't, really can't remember if it was before my grandfather passed or not, but I just kind of like, hey, I think I need to go to therapy, you know? And again, I come from a conservative family. That's not really talked about. I don't even want to put that on conservatives, but they're just more of the, my family is more of a gritty, wake up and do it. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we made it through so you can make it through type deal, mm-hmm. um, which is, is right in its own place, like you were saying. But anyways, I, uh, so I was just like, I think I need to go. And my mom just kind of pushed it off. And that was okay, you know, especially at the time. But my grandfather died 
And how I remember I was trying to deal with it like I dealt with everything, which was kind of ignoring it mm-hmm. and being mentally strong because it was very mentally strong, you know, at the, I felt. Um, but that happened. I broke up with my girlfriend who lived with me for all of COVID. So we saw each other <laughs> literally all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying I, I lost that companionship. Two people that I saw literally every day went everywhere with me, right? Pat, mm-hmm. girlfriend didn't die. She just <laughs> left. But um, that happened. And uh, my cousin who lived with me also left um, through its own kind of, but again, I was like, it's fine. These people, you know, I blocked my girlfriend, whatever, or, you know, ignored it is what I'm getting at. But like, she kind of disappeared. My cousin, whatever, he did what he has to do. But one day it just hit me, man. I was like, I'm not okay. Mm. And it, my body told me, my body told me, you're not okay. I didn't sleep for like two days, two nights. I was down in Austin. I had a I guess a full on mental breakdown. Like it was bad. I actually got Ubered from Austin to Dallas, um, which was crazy, but my family picked me up and yeah, I didn't sleep for two nights after that. I went to my first doctor, got some meds to sleep. Um, it, it wasn't Xanax, but it was kind of like that in order to kind of bring me down. Um, and then I could, it we basically, I always, I don't have it anymore, but I've always had like a, an emergency like to kind of bring you down for the bad moments. And I always called it spiraling. I could feel myself spiraling mm-hmm. and I would just get in this like really clouded headspace where I felt lower than a lot of things, you know, I didn't feel above ground. And so I would do certain things to kind of bring myself back above ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that was happening. And then once I got out of that, we're like, I'm not okay. Like this, we didn't know why. Right. I mean, obviously all these things had happened, but I didn't understand. I went and saw a therapist and honestly, I saw him for three or four times and it didn't work. I didn't, I, I don't want to say it rudely, but I didn't respect him. Like I didn't feel like he either had the life experience or had the training to like teach me something, mm-hmm. which we just didn't connect. Sure. And so that's all I'm getting at is like, that's okay. Not every therapist is for everybody. Um, but one interesting that happened thing that happened is I read on an Instagram, one of those little like posts about emotional uh, trauma. And I didn't want to call what I went through traumatic. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't beaten. I wasn't, my parents didn't leave me or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think it was traumatic, but something in that post, I remember sending it to my mom and I was like, maybe I'm traumatized, you know? And so we went to a trauma specialist there, therapist, trauma specialty. And that's kind of what he specializes in. And he ended up, he ended up helping me and that's who I you know I still see because even before that one massive question that was always in my mind you know I was playing sports I was playing um, paintball I was working out all the time I was running a business going to school I had a girlfriend I was super social right I was doing all of these things but I thought everyone did that mm. so I couldn't tell what I truly wanted to know was I just being a baby about not being able to handle these things you know, like, does everyone do this and they can handle it or am what I going through a lot? Does that make sense? Yes. And so I, I told my therapist straight up, I need to, I need you to tell me if I'm just being a baby, you know, or if this is a lot. And after learning and talking, he's like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when I was able to fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, so, cause that was like a test of my manlyhood at the time, right? Like just suck it up. Everyone does all these energy i was giving my energy to everyone that's kind of when the instagram thing the friends that you know cutting out mm-hmm. something had to give I was spinning all these plates 
But once I broke down, dealt with a lot of that, started to come back, I told my therapist, same time, I am going to run this business. I'm going to open a second business. I'm going to do all of these things, play paintball, right? And I want to learn how to manage it. There are people that are doing that. Mm-hmm. I watched um, the Kevin Hart documentary. Yeah. Dude runs like 16 businesses, yeah. you know? How does he manage it here? So I know it can be done. Right. I just started in a mess. So I broke down, just built the foundation, and that's how I'm building up. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just like you're just equipping yourself with the tools mm-hmm. to live an amazing life. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what it's about, right? Sometimes our mental health is like, sometimes we're in a negative, right? We're mm-hmm. like in a negative three. We're dealing with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. trauma, mental health conditions, all of this stuff. So we need just to get back to zero. Right. And then once we get back to zero, okay, now how can I optimize my life? Mm-hmm. How can I live my best fulfill? How can I be the best version of me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you have to go from the negative to the zero and then to the plus. Right. So you have to get there first. And that part is usually the hardest because you're in the, in the absolute trenches, right. right? Dealing with the worst kind of stuff you can deal with just in the depths of your own mind. Right. But once you get out of that, which is a hundred percent possible with support, help and guidance and all that stuff that we've been talking about, then when you get to zero, you're like, okay, feel like I'm on level ground again. Uh-huh. All right. I know that I want to do all these things. Who can help me? Right. Anyone, a coach, a therapist, doesn't matter, but they're going to equip you with the tools, the mm-hmm. skills to manage all of the stuff that's happening. Absolutely. Because even when you feel good, which we do, mm-hmm. we're still going to be dealing with stress. Like you had one of your employees come in because things are happening right now in your business <laughs> right, right, while right. we're having this conversation. Right. And that's never going to end. Right. Like having no stress in your life is dead person goals. Correct. That's like, I don't want that. I want stress. Right. And I want the you know, uncertainty. I want the peaks and valleys because that's the beauty of life. But I want it because I feel like I know how to handle it. Right. I mean, if I don't know how, I'll, I'll figure it out. Right, right, right. That's my goal. That's my plan. And so, amazing. Yeah. Glad you got to this point in your life, man. Yeah. It's made you had a great time. Yeah. That's what, like, it's been a journey, man. And that's my goal now is I want to continue building. I'm building amazing creative space. Like, I can't wait. You know, end of the year, it'll be, it'll be where I want it to be. But I want to build that. I want a little more freedom, uh, like financial freedom time, really. And then I want to just share this message. Again, it's not because I want to brag or flex about like where I'm at, but I, the last, again, six, eight months, like so happy to wake up. Sometimes like I, I push myself till I go home and have to go to sleep. But I, it's like on Christmas, right? Like you want to go to sleep so Christmas will come. Mm-hmm. That's me every night, yeah. truthfully, because I can't wait to see what the next day is going to bring. All I'm getting at is I really want that for people. Yeah. I, whatever they're doing. And that's why you'll see on, on the XXV Instagram that I talk a lot about is like making your passion your full-time thing, like bridging that gap. You need a little bit more money so you can stop your nine to five so you can pursue music full-time. Mm-hmm. But how do I get, like, how can I help? Cause there's just so many th- things they have to do, but when they're doing what they want full time, they will feel this way. Yeah. It's amazing. I agree. Cause I feel the same way. You Absolutely. Know. Great. Great. Good. <laughs> so, you know, but yes, that's what I'm saying. Like that's my next step is spreading this message and helping people. I don't really know how or what space yet, other than to just kind of keep talking about it. Well, anytime you want to pop on this pod, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and if we can get maybe some of your other creators on that are doing some good work, yeah, we'll and, definitely uh, find some and uh, collaborate in that way. That'd be good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we can think of something. I mean, especially what you're doing, I think is great. Um, we can come up with something for sure to because yeah. I got to keep spreading the message, and I know you do. Have so because yeah. it, you know, people want to hear 
stories of other people doing the same thing they wish to do, uh-huh. right? Because maybe they don't have that uh, mentor or role model in their life. Right. And they're looking for it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Michael is doing this. Like, well, we have like a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Like he could do it. I see him doing it. Mm-hmm. I can fucking do it too. Good. We need that. Yeah, like, That's all it is. That's what stories are. Stories are just there to inspire people and they're real. This is like real people doing real things. Mm-hmm. And like that boy who's like thinking about being a creative or doing a, starting a Shopify account or creating his brain is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I can do it too. Like, yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. You know, and that's the coolest part because we'll never know. For sure. Like unless the person messages us and like, hey, I listened to the episode 147 of the podcast. Right. And I'm doing this because of it. Majority of the time that doesn't happen. People just listen and they go out and they execute. And that's the coolest thing in the whole world about yeah. putting things on a public platform. So yeah. You have no idea the domino positive effect. Absolutely. And that's what gets me up every single morning, fired up like you. Like, I'm like, okay. Awesome. Who can we impact that I'll never know about today? Right. Awesome. Yeah. Again, like, I don't know. You just want to keep getting up and doing what you're supposed to. You're right. So that you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's, that's what's cool. Like every opportunity, but that, I think that's also a little stressful that you have to stay very positive in everything. You know what I'm saying? Because how much can a negative, if I do something negative, what that domino effect that could have? I try not to think about that obviously, but I just try to think about like doing the positive, you know? And uh, it's just a balance, man. And life is, I think life is about balances for sure. Yeah, you gotta try to create harmony. And yeah. sometimes you, it goes this way, sometimes it goes that way. And then, you know, you figure it out on the way. Absolutely. But, yeah, amazing. Okay, I got one more question for you. Got it. Before we do that, just let people know where they can where they can follow you the best or if they want to reach out to you directly, where should they go? Oh uh, yeah, I think at Instagram, XXV the label. Um I'm I run that one. I have my personal, but again, I'm I'm more about spreading the message these days. So people ask me for my Instagram, like even my personal, I'm like, yeah, go to XXV yeah, it says the label. Name on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we like that one. Cool. That's linked in the show notes for those that want to reach out or buy some stuff. My last question is stolen from my favorite podcaster, Tim Ferriss. Okay. So I can't take credit for this question. Okay. But if you were to create a billboard and on that billboard, millions of people would see it every single day. What would you, what would you put on that billboard? Oh man, that's a really good question. And it's one of those questions that like, I know it until you ask it, you know, um, honestly, probably be inspired because I have a couple different taglines with XXV and myself. Uh, I use, you know, let's create. I like, I like that one. Um, Pro- only progress is one that I started early on, but be inspired. Be inspired. We, we started, I have a t-shirt even on it. that says be inspired on it. Um, because I want people to be inspired by something mm-hmm. again, that finding that passion, finding, I believe is the key. Once you find it, then you can learn to harness it. And when it doesn't go away, you have more time to harness it, if that makes sense. So doing what you want to do, be inspired to go do that. So be inspired for sure. Wonderful. Final answer. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. It's great to chat with you. Yeah. I really enjoyed it for real. Yeah. My first podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So. Nailed it. Thank you. Thank nailed you. it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. See you next time. Thank you for tuning into that episode with Michael Diaz. I hope you felt just as inspired and fired up as I did after having that conversation with Michael. But what was your biggest takeaway? What part of the episode resonated with you most deeply? And how can you go and apply it to your life so you 
can feel inspired to become the absolute best version of you. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And please leave us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple. But the absolute best way to support this podcast, me and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved, is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbitz directly supports all my endeavors and directly funds our mental health initiatives at You Are Loved. So please go click the link in the show notes and check out which tier might work best for you. But most importantly, above all else, please take good care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.